0: Hello, hello, hello. What is up, everybody? Welcome back to another awesome episode of The Halt with me and Ant. And today, we have another stacked episode. Um, We're going to be talking about charting today. We're going to tell you guys what indicators we use, how to keep it simple, how to also make sure it works for you, how to adjust it. And um, we have some other great things to, uh, to bring you today. But first off, I want to say we're going to be having some guests on in the future. They're going to be big names that you know from Fintwit. They're going to be people that have a lot of followers, people who we want to just get to know better. And we're going to ask them their favorite alcohol. We're going to ask them, does their mom or dad um, stand up when they wipe? Like I said about my dad, which he kind of harassed me about. Um, no, but we're going to be talking about a lot of stuff. We're going to ask them about conspiracy theories. We're going to be just, just letting them tell us what foods they like, if they like their tacos on corn tortillas, flour tortillas, whatever it is. Um, but first, we're going to be having these couple episodes with just me and Ant. We wanted you guys to get to know us. And so today's charting. How you doing, Ant?
1: I'm good. This is uh, this is an episode I'm looking forward to. Um I'm big into charting, as you guys know, and I know Teddy is as well, so um, I think charting is like the, the most important thing you can learn uh, when you're first starting out, so this is an important lesson in my idea, or this is a, an important lesson in my eyes. So
0: Yeah, I think, I think um, this one, I'm really simple with charting, so I'm just going to kind of hop right into it. Um, I think charting, for me, is as simple as possible. Um, it's probably the same chart that many of you guys use. So I, all I use is Fibonacci retracements and Bollinger Bands. So I'm going to talk a little bit about that, and then I'm going to let Ant kind of get into it a little deeper because he's more of a technical guy. I'm more of a fundamental DD guy, which we'll have some episodes down the line where I can spout off for 20 minutes about what I like about market cap and price-to-earnings ratio, that kind of stuff. Um, but So I'm just going to give my quick little spiel here, and then Ant's going to kind of give you guys a little more technical side. So for me, um, Fibonacci retracements and Bollinger Bands, and the way I set them up is I want the Bollinger Bands to be tightening as the Fibonacci, as it touches a Fibonacci. So um, I can also, in the past, I haven't used Fibonacci. In the past, I've used just my own um, trend line drawing which can work as well. But um, Fibonacci's just make it a little easier for me. Tell me where the support, tell me where the resistance is. And so I want it to be dropping to a Fibonacci that I like, a level that I think is strong, a level that I've seen it bounce off of multiple times in the past. And then I want the Bollinger Bands to be tightening, indicating that it's ready for a move. Because when your Bollinger Bands are tightening, that means you're consolidating. And if you're consolidating, then you're going to move up or down. And so the the kind of pivotal part of my strategy is I need to make sure that there is a reason why the price should bounce and why the price should go up. So whether that's a catalyst, whether that is a um, some sort of insider buying, whether it's a price target from Oppenheimer, whether it's a um, product catalyst like I was talking about with, say, a bioplay. play um, I need a catalyst that is going to show me that when it touches that Fibonacci, it's going to have a reason to bounce up into the next week or into the next two weeks that we're going to be seeing the um, the news come out. So if the Bollinger Bands are tightening and the Fibonacci is uh, also – right near it then i'm ready to enter and i'm ready to scale in up until the next fibonacci or down until the next fibonacci um these are strong as well these i want these levels to be bounced on multiple times and i want them to have shown their significance on the chart and then that's the perfect setup for me for swing trading for day trading um the way i use it is i use bollinger bands again just to see i use five minute chart um, as well mostly for my day trading five or ten minute chart Um, are my two big ones and I use the Bollinger Bands again and then I use 9 EMA as my main kind of source of whether it's bullish or bearish has momentum or doesn't Um, because if it crosses up above the 9 EMA it has momentum and then it's likely to bounce off that 9 EMA a few times and you might get kind of a a boner candle if you might say what I love to say on Twitter Um, but if it goes beneath you're going to see the opposite of a boner candle you're going to see a penis going soft candle or whatever you want to call it um going down and it's probably gonna stay beneath that nine EMA for a little bit. I do use VWAP um, and then I also use 50MA on that day trading setup. I like the 50MA to kind of come up and then show a spot that it could bounce off of. Um, And if it dips beneath that nine EMA, then I begin to look at that 50MA for the next possible bounce points. And the VWAP, for me, um, it really shows me if it's going to break out or not. If it busts through that VWAP, I know it's probably right about to break out. If it gets rejected off the VWAP, I know it's probably going to come back down and, uh, yeah, not not probably test it for a few more minutes at least. Um, so those are the two main strategies I use. I keep it really simple. I look at the chart, and basically the first thing that comes into my head is, is this oversold? Is this something that I think could bounce? Um, and if it's not, then... Uh, If I think it has more downtrend in it, I write it in my journal and I look at it later. Um, But the catalyst is a big thing for me. Um, From a technical standpoint, I want to see something that's not overbought, and I want to see something that I think can um, bounce due to a catalyst. So um, with all that said, I mean, like I said, it's real simple. It's real kind of just um, beginner, but kind of take it away and give us a little more information.
1: Well, before I get into this, I'm trying to uh, keep a puppy under control. Yeah, show us. This is my puppy. I just got her last week. She's nine weeks.
0: Dude, she is so cute.
1: She doesn't want to listen right now, but...
0: She's so small, too, man.
1: Yeah, she's her name's Izzy. She's, she actually behaves really well, but anyway. Um, for swing trading, I like to use a combination of different things. I use I'm big into Fibonacci, and the benefit of Fibonacci is that uh you've heard people maybe call it like a self-fulfilling prophecy because the thing with Fibonacci is the people that are using Fibonacci see these levels that other people don't. Um it's a, a way to base entries and exits. So I'm looking at the Tesla chart right now. Say my bottom fib levels at 550. As we approach uh that bottom fib level, you can use that as support. Um if somebody's not using Fibonacci retracement, they're not really seeing that level. Um, A lot of like nine times out of 10, something will bounce or reject off these fib levels. So it's a way to give yourself an advantage over other people that don't use it. So as you approach these levels, whether it's resistance or support, you can base your cells at these resistance levels. You can base your entries off these support levels. Um, So Fibonacci retracement's really, really useful. Um, I use MACD, I use Bollinger Bands, I use Volume, obviously. Um, Stochastics is really good. Uh, I use VPVR, um, I use VWAP, I use some EMAs. But um, what I really want to talk about is my my, uh, combination of these indicators when I'm, let's say, scalping, for example. Um, A really great combo that I found works for me is Bollinger Bands, stochastic MACD uh VWAP sometimes. But what you can do is you can you can time these indicators. So like say uh your MACD is converging on itself and it's about to curl with upside. If your stochastics is bottomed out and also about to curl with upside you can take a educated guess that oh this stock's gonna bounce. Um VWAP's great because so as you're approaching VWAP with upside a lot of the times that VWAP level is going to act as resistance, okay? The more times you test this resistance at VWAP, the, the higher each time it's going to break. And a lot of the times when you break that VWAP level, it will turn that into support. So you'll see something run, blow through VWAP, pull back, then it will use that VWAP as support. You'll see that, that stock bounce off VWAP now. So if you're not in this stock, say it approaches VWAP again, you can take an educated guess that this is going to bounce, so maybe I'll enter at VWAP with a tight stop just under in case it breaks. Um, that's those are the main indicators I use. I use some other things, but I'd say for a beginner trader, those are great. Um, but it's all about using them in unison with one another. Um, yes, volume precedes price, but volume doesn't tell you everything. Um, it's if I had to. I had to give you one indicator to start using and learn it would definitely be Fibonacci because not only can you use that when swing trading and looking at longer time frames you can also use it when you're scalping day trading I second that yeah and it's it's actually crazy how true these levels are um and if you see something and then you remove that Fibonacci that level's not there so like I said you have an advantage over these people that aren't using this so those are the indi- bottom with FIBS, bro. Yeah, and and I'll throw some of these indicators up, like while I'm editing this, so you guys can see kind of like my setup. Um, I can get some of Teddy's too, just yeah. so you guys have a visual. But um, that those are what I would start with.
0: Yeah, um, like I said, we're gonna get more in depth about this later. Like we're we're in the first five episodes of this podcast, so. Um, Season one is meant to be beginner-based, but we're going to bring some guys on here soon. They're going to talk about some beginner stuff. We're going to have those same guys on um, next season to talk about some way, way more um, like deep, deep-level stuff. Like We're going to have Brady Atlas on to talk about VPA. I already know that I'm going to ask him all about um, volume price analysis, um, partially about the book and partially just about how he uses um, volume price analysis. And kind of how he recommends it, because I want that thesis from him. Um, We're going to bring on someone like Incredible Bob, who he knows how to catch someone loading, like, um, I don't know, like a bald man knows how to shave his head. Like he, that guy is a genius with catching loaders on um, bio plays, any play that you might need. And then he tells you exactly when he thinks the PR is going to happen based on the loading, and he's right 75% of the time. So we're going to get him on to talk about that. Um, yeah, we'll have more guys on, we're going to have some big names. Um, but yeah, it's going to be super interesting. Um, the only thing I have to add on charts is for me as a swing trader, um, and as a swing trader, who's kind of catalyst based, um, put those catalysts with the chart, kind of like, see what you can formulate in your head about why the chart is acting that certain way. If there's a catalyst coming. So like the first thing on my head is, um, NTECH from this week and they had a merger and NTECH right before the merger the day before they had like a minus 10% day and at one point they were minus like 16 or 17% and um, the way that you can think about that is you can kind of give yourself a thesis in your head seeing what the chart is doing so okay we're down 14% on this one daily candle when there's a catalyst the next day why is this part one um, there could have been a whale who wanted a lower average and maybe he sold off his shares to hit some stop losses and now he's buying them up. So that's that's bullish. We're thinking that maybe the chart is showing us that someone sold and we're going to see them buying into the catalyst tomorrow, which, by the way, it did go up 30 percent the next day. Um, so I think that one was probably partially part of it, um, either. Um, people who knew something or whale sold, hit, hit all those stop losses, and then bought the bottom and then uh, rode it up. And then the other thing it possibly could have been was people selling the news. They wanted to sell the day before, um, which that does, that's not a bad thing. Um, people sell before the news all the time. So they didn't particularly know anything. They just wanted to sell and lock in their profit beforehand, which that's fine. So I might buy that bottom if I'm really confident in the merger, I didn't have a position in this merger news, but that's just one example of something that you could kind of look at the chart and then see a catalyst in the future and put all of that together. And that's what I'm saying is put them all together, give yourself a thesis in your head, um, tell yourself what you, what you're seeing and just, and analyze it, I guess. Um, Make sure that you're using your brain to its fullest potential about the chart plus the catalyst plus what the insiders could be doing plus what the whales could be doing plus the level two. I'm seeing a big um, level two here. What does that person want out of this? Just think about it. Just give it some some thoughts and come up with a thesis um, or two or three and then see how it how it lands. And then after a few times, you might feel confident to put some money betting on where you think it's going to land. That's all I got to say.
1: Another thing too is – um. You really, really, really want to familiar, familiarize yourself with like bullish and bearish uh, formations on a chart. I tweeted this the other day. It is so important that you recognize these because, again, a newer trader that, that doesn't recognize these formations does, isn't seeing what you're seeing. Uh, charted Tilray the other day. Uh, it was getting real tight in a wedge, and then it popped like 40 cents. So, yeah. If somebody doesn't recognize that formation, they have no clue what's about to happen. You can time an entry. You can time your entry at the bottom of the wedge. You can time your entry at the breakout. Um, it's just bullish and bearish formations are very, very important. Um, and like Teddy said, these indicators we gave you are for beginners. Um, but all experienced traders use these as well. These are ones yeah. you definitely need to familiar, familiarize yourself with. Practice. Don't the best way to practice is just look at a stock, look at a stock, use your indicators, predict what it's going to do. If you're right, great. See how many times you're right. See how many times you're wrong before you start actually putting your money into these, these plays. Um, that's the best. That's what I did. I'm sure Teddy did something similar. So, uh, yeah, use these indicators, use them in unison with one another and, uh, you'll be on your way. So,
0: yeah, I definitely recommend the same exact thing. Like, use these indicators and then write down in your journal, um, I think Tesla is bullish right now, or I think Walmart is bearish, or I think CCIV is going to break out right now um, within the next three days, or something like this, and then come back, see what happened. If you were right, look at why were you were right. Um, did the volume line up with the wedge? Did the volume increase along the bull flag? And then it broke out of the bull flag um if you were wrong figure out why you were wrong did the volume decrease in the bull flag and it should have been an example to you why volume matters and realizing okay if it's volume decreasing there's not as much inflow probably so it's probably going to break down um did a cup and handle work out for you because on that handle there were some people loading when you saw the last three candles and you realized okay this is when reversal is going to happen because i can see this guy buying at noon every day and i see that volume spike um or did it not work out because you didn't see anyone loading? You didn't see any Fibonaccis in um, in the the range that it was dropping, and then it just kept dropping until that Fibonacci, and you lost 10%. Did it not work? Um, yeah, just write that down. Figure it out. See in your journal, was I right? Was I wrong? Why was I right? Why was I wrong? Write it down. I recommend writing everything. Literally, write, I was wrong because, and then exactly what happened. That's what I did for probably six to eight months before I felt comfortable being able to do it in my head without having to write it down. Um, but yeah, I recommend doing that as well. I think that's absolutely perfect way to learn um, charting.
1: Something we'll, uh, we're going to de- dedicate a separate episode to is support and resistance. Obviously, yeah. it's crucial that you learn support and resistance, but that is its own entire separate episode. Um, support and resistance are one of the most important things you can learn I know it can be confusing for some people, but it's one of those things when you learn support resistance, what to look for, you'll always know it always, yeah. no matter the time frame, no matter what chart you're looking at, small cap, large cap, it doesn't matter. Exactly, so, man. People need to learn level two. Season.
0: Yep. People need to learn how to read level two. People need to learn how to draw a chart and realize where the candles are supporting right now. And then if it breaks out of that support today, okay, that support's gone. Where's the next one? People need to know that. Um, yeah so we're gonna do a much more complicated episode down the line about charting obviously um both of us kind of used these charting this first charting episode kind of to just give you an introduction and then we'll build on it later but um take what you learned from today use it and kind of tell us how it goes tweet about tweet at us um on my website tell me how it's going dm us if you need any help but uh we're gonna hop into the fun part of the episode now um I guess, first off, Ant, what are you drinking?
1: I have this strawberry lager. It's actually really, really good. I'm not the biggest fan of beer, but this it, the strawberry flavor is actually really good, and it's smooth, so I really enjoyed this. What that about is you?
0: solid, man. Um, so, I got something different today. I got a uh, Crown Royal glass full of some good stuff, so... Essentially what that is, no, it is not milk. Um, I was looking at it earlier, bro. it looks like I'm just straight up drinking some skim milk or something. But what it is is I have this Appalachian sipping cream that I get from this, like, local store. It's, like, I don't know what it is. It's moonshine kind of with cream. So something like Bailey's but with moonshine in it. And it's flavored like um, butter pecan. And then what I do is I do half of that and then half pecan whiskey and mix her up, and it ends up like something like this, because it's way thicker when it's not mixed with the whiskey, but it ends up kind of like this. It looks like milk, but it's way thinner if you were here in person, and um, dude, it is like Bailey's, but it's like strong. It has that whiskey kick on it. Really,
1: really good. The thing about stuff like that is, dude, I uh, used to work at a bar a few years ago, and I would see the bartenders make stuff, and there's certain things that you can make that don't – that taste really good, but they're so dangerous Mm -hmm. because they taste that good. And you can just down them and, like, you down two, three drinks, and, oh, man, you're, like, feeling it. We used to make this drink. It was uh, fresh squeezed oranges, triple sec vodka, and, like, Sprite. And it tasted – it just kind of tasted like squeezed oranges. You'd see ladies down four or five of them, like, real fast because they went down so easy. And uh, you'd have to, like, call them an Uber. So (laughs) –
0: That's funny as fuck, dude. I will be completely honest with you. I've only drank from here to here. And, um, yeah, I'm feeling like I'm feeling a little buzzed. And we're about to do something else fun here. But um, I'm feeling it about halfway. So... What we're going to do now is, I guess we better tell them. So we're in the process of ordering something online that we're going to kind of have like a fun drinking game every time because we like to kind of show you guys alcohol. And also, I'll have like non-alcoholic for the people who don't drink. Um, Like I did a couple episodes ago where I had the crush. I'm going to start to get some pops, start to get some stuff because I like myself some mango, Pepsi, that kind of stuff. But we're going to have like a wheel um, where... You spin the wheel if you get a trivia question wrong. And essentially it's gonna have like like we're gonna get ghost peppers, we're gonna get like hot wing sauce, we're gonna get like pickle juice that you gotta chug, we're gonna get the cheapest vodka in the at the grocery store. And it's gonna have like a a, kind of a variation of things that we're gonna have to do if we get these trivia questions wrong. But today, the way we're doing it is I'm going to ask Ant three questions, and he's going to ask me three as well that he's decided on, or I'm going to get on my phone, and I'm going to find something about stocks that I want to quiz him on, and if he gets it wrong, he has to take a shot, and if I get one wrong, I got to take a shot, um, so it might get fun this last half of the episode if I have to take three straight shots. All right, so before question one, I'm going to share what I'm going to be doing my shots with. I got Crown peach. Um, what do I have? not bad yeah what do you got
1: I have
0: suspense everyone get ready
1: I have little uh, shooters it's uh, 99 banana ever hear this
0: oh dude I should have got shooters next time I'll get shooters
1: it's so good
0: I've seen those those are supposed to be super good I saw them all over like twitter and stuff
1: alright they're really good
0: First question for you. You just got to get close enough. I'm not going to be strict on this one. Um, What is the market cap of Costco?
1: Market cap of Costco?
0: Yeah. If you get like within like, I don't know, like a fourth of the market cap. So if you get generally close, I'm going to give it to you.
1: A hundred billion.
0: That's not close enough. It's 175 billion
1: Well okay I'll ask you one All right. What's the market cap of Tesla
0: Oh fuck I just did a I did like a DD on this a couple months ago When I was talking about CCID. I'll give it to you if
1: you're within f- 100 billion. 50 okay. billion. 50 billion Oh damn I'll give you a hint It's way higher than Costco
0: Yeah I know it Obviously. is Obviously I'm gonna say five hundred and eighty billion.
1: Uh it's six thirty-two, but I'll give it to you because that's fifty-two.
0: Fuck yeah! All right, take your shot.
1: <laughs> I can open this.
0: We're gonna be shit-faced by the end of this. If
1: yeah, you better not have to drive anywhere.
0: I don't. I got you. Got some two easier questions here. That one was the hardest one. The next two are kind of... Oh, does it actually taste like banana?
1: Yeah, it's actually really, really good.
0: I need to get some of those. I was looking at it when I was at yep. the, the store. <coughs> but wait, look at ago. this. <laughs> you see how much alcohol is there? Yeah, 49.5%. Yeah. Damn. Yeah, you're going to be feeling it. All right. Question numero dos. This one's about Elon Musk. Mm-hmm. What is the name of Elon Musk's I don't know if I want to say baby mama or mother of his child. Oh, I know. Most recent Grimes. child. Grimes! Yeah, you got it right.
1: Dude, you ever. Never mind. Go they ahead.
0: named their kid something like. That's what I was going to d- say. r 2 d Have you seen the name of it? It's like that some poor random kid. letters. Did they like not X like. squared.
1: Yeah, did they not like think of like when it goes to school and stuff?
0: Dude, everyone's going to make absolute fun out of that kid.
1: Yeah, we don't condone like bullying, but. I mean, that's... A- I was like, when I
0: went to school, there was a girl that had the name of, like, I think it was, like, Daphne or something, when Scooby-Doo was absolutely massive, yeah. and everyone would just go up to her during recess and go, scooby doo doo and I love
1: you, well, dude, and the- <laughs> she transferred schools. The, that's, like, a gener- That's like the generic password, like, the, the name of that, Uh, their kid is, like, a default password, just something so random what? that you... Yeah, it's, like, something so random, you would just never, like...
0: Yeah, no, no. Dude, I don't even, like, it had to have meant something to them. I gotta look up the name, now. It has to be, like, one, two, three, something like...
1: It's X-A-E space A dash X-I-I. Okay.
0: What does it mean?
1: No, no idea. Dude. Elon. Mm, buddy, come on. Th- it's first name is X, middle name As a, I don't know, at least its last name is Musk.
0: Yeah, that could be worse. Um, It's going to get a lot of money.
1: It's going to be rich. Yeah, Yeah, it's never going to have to work a day in its life. But but it's going to be bullied at its private school. I just don't understand that. Uh, Whatever. Did you see uh, his, is he married to Grimes? I think they divorced or they just broke up. Oh, well, dude, she got a tattoo. It was like, do you see on her back? It's supposed to be like alien scratch marks. It literally just looks like Scribble.
0: Oh, that is not a tattoo. Yeah, I'll like throw a is. picture
1: up for you guys to see when I'm editing.
0: <laughs> I'm going to Google it on my phone really yeah, quick. Yeah, wait did you solar. see what that
1: looks like. It's, it makes no, I don't, she got a screw loose. thing. Oh
0: my goodness, you dude. You see that? Yeah, it looks alien like what I did in my... Alien scratch marks. A- Why does it have to be Alien. Why does it have to be alien uh, scratch marks? I couldn't tell you.: All well, because Elon and her are like just I think they're both obsessed with like being weird and like being like mysterious.
1: Yeah. Like who gets that poor kid.:
0: Alien scratch marks on their back.
1: Mm, not me. Okay. What's my question? I'm ready. Oh <laughs> the, What's the first name of the CEO of LTNC? Oh, oh! I know you know this because we talked about it the one day, bro. Bro, it's on Twitter. It's on Twitter. It's
0: takeover. It's takeover, but it's his name.
1: Mhm. First name. You don't need the last one because I can't even pronounce it. Oh my gosh, I'm thinking so hard. As soon as I say, it, you're gonna be like, "Oh yeah."
0: I definitely know this, dude.
1: Yeah, you know, I dude. John I Takeover. Joe, fuck! Take a shot, dude. I was that was close, but
0: I was I knew it was Jay, and then take over on Twitter. Oh, if I can even open this, holy crap!
1: Is that have you ever had, Is that peach or is that apple? Yeah, it's peach. Yeah, the peach is really good.
0: The apple is probably my favorite. I got that in there, but I figured I'd pull out the peach
1: today. Do you see people were like during COVID when it was real bad were hoarding the crown peach? And like yeah, reselling I couldn't, it for like double the value? We couldn't get it price. in my
0: uh, in my town. That's why I was like kept it for special occasions because we couldn't get it for probably three months or six yeah, it months. it's horrible. Yeah. Cheers, everyone. Damn, that had more of a kick than I thought.
1: <clears throat> yeah, taking that straight. Ugh. Oh,
0: yeah, I better wash it down with some of my other stuff. Alright. This one, I feel like it's kind of a walk in the park, but we'll see. No oh God. How many eyes does a spider have, Ant?
1: How many eyes does a spider have?
0: Yeah, there's two correct answers to this one.
1: How is this a walk in the park?
0: Because it's, I feel like it's, I don't know, I watched Spider-Man too many times as a kid, Maybe.
1: I've never seen Spider-Man. I have literally, there's two right answers? Yeah, there's two.
0: So you can, and I'll, I'll even give you a hint. It's even number.
1: Okay, wait, wait. I, I have a question. Is it more than 10?
0: No. Eight. Yep, exactly. exactly. Thank God. There you go. I have a feeling I'm going to end up taking a second shot in my throat. No, I think you should
1: know this, actually. Who's okay. the all-time leading scorer in the NBA? Wilt Chamberlain. Nope. Fuck! Who is it? Kareem. Abdul's mother. Uh, I I think Wilt's second.
0: I thought he was like far ahead. Do you know that Wilt had sex with like one woman every night for his life?
1: Every night?
0: Apparently, he had like literally enough sexual partners that it was. It equaled one per night of his entire life, or like his entire life until he was fifty or something.
1: Hmm.
0: Cheers, everyone! This one's ones gonna gonna... hurt.
1: Mm, Yeah, you're gonna be feeling. You're gonna be feeling this here soon.
0: Yeah, it hurt.
1: (sighs) It'll be so much better. Oh, what I wanted to say too is like, once we get the what we we ordered and stuff, it'll be cool to like do this with guests as well. Like we'll. uh, We'll give guests some funny trivia questions. Um, yeah, we have a lot of cool guests lined up. I don't really want to spoil anything. You mentioned a couple. We have a bunch of people in line. We're like, if you're watching this and you're interested in being a guest, by all means let us know because we're totally interested.
0: Yeah, I think what we also want to do is we haven't talked quite a lot about this, but I think we want to have like a beginner trader on maybe. And just talk to them about, like, the questions they have. Like, have them on and say, like, ask us anything. And we just want to answer as many questions as possible.
1: Yeah, because, like we've said, this is totally catered about... Like, season one is totally catered for the beginner trader. We'll do... Yeah. Like, we take questions every episode. We'll totally answer anything you guys have. The whole point of this is to help you guys. That's why we have the free Discord, too. To help you guys. Um, That's what this is about, so...
0: It'd be really cool if we could even have the beginner trader on this season, and then as they graduate to an intermediate trader, have them on again, and then have them on again um, That wherever we go with these seasons. That'd be super cool. But we haven't talked about that. We'll see. Um, could happen. Might not happen. But this next little segment I wanted to ask you about. So we have two segments coming up. One is serious. One is fun. We're going to start with the serious one. What are two sleeper stocks long term that you think are going to be nuts that people haven't really been talking about
1: two sleeper stocks uh one's actually OTC it's ILUS illis or I don't know you might have seen it um they do stuff for firefighting they make I'm pretty sure they make like uh stuff to help fight fires and stuff like that um it's an OTC stock OTCs, iffy. 99% of OTCs will never be anything. Um, I think this is one of those OTC stocks that has a future. Um, Another one. Let me look. I have a list of a bunch of stuff. I don't know. There's a lot of weed stocks, I think, that that are going to go crazy once everything's legalized and stuff. um, Nationwide, bro. I don't want to say SNDL just because with the crazy flow on SNDL, um, I don't know. tillray If you look at the chart, technically Tilray to me is a perfect chart. Um, I know I called that this week. Um, it kind of broke out a little bit. Hit hit over eighteen. We retraced a little, but Tilray is something to me that's like a set and forget kind of stock. Yeah. As it, as it gets legalized, uh, that and DraftKings. I know DraftKings is kind of popular, but uh stocks like that to me um i don't know how you feel but stuff that's the future yeah. you got to think ev gambling weed
0: um yeah so i know you
1: like amtx
0: i love amtx I love it's not going to be on too. my list i've talked too much about amtx if you haven't talked if you haven't seen me talk about amtx yet go to our youtube go to my twitter check it out just search my thick teddy um and then AMTX and I'll have probably 500 tweets. Dude, I've tweeted about it so many times. But my two sleeper stocks, um, oh, shit, I had one and I forgot it. Maybe it's the shot kicking in, or the two of them. But, um, holy crap, I forgot it. But, uh, <laughs> I'm going to kind of respond to yours first. Um, so, TRLY or TLRY I think is really, really good. Um, I think when that's bill comes through to pass it nationwide, I think that will be the first to pop. But I think something you really need to keep an eye on when that pops is all of those weed biotechs. So like um, Ntech, um, things like that. at and I think yeah. those are probably going to pop long term when it comes to that. Like, There'll be an initial like 20% pop or some type of thing within a few days. But then They will grind for months, I believe. I think that'll be something like EV last year where it grinded for literally months on end. Um, When weed pops, um, weed is going to grind, and biotech weed like specifically is going to grind. And I think those will be really, really good buys. But I think maybe um, my first one is going to be LKCL. LKCO, it's under the radar based on like the whole Twitter realm. FinTwit, it's under the radar. But for me it's been on the radar for quite a while. I've been on it since I think like one dollar I don't remember a dollar, a dollar ten. Um, I first bought in and then I bought in again at 138 recently and it's at 270. I think last week it was 138 and it's 270 now. And so LKCO is going to be one of my big ones. And the big thing is, is their partners are absolutely massive, man. And they're under a billion market cap. I think they're 400 million. And they, they need have to PR, a dude. Yeah. Like, yeah. what are they
1: doing? They've had how many opportunities now?
0: Yeah. They PR'd something today, too, that didn't have anything to do with it. But they have a contract with Ford. Microsoft, Audi, Jaguar, like all these. It makes big no names. sense. Like capitalize. The, the Tesla of China, it's called like Biev or something like that. Um, like a, a crazy Chinese electric vehicle maker. They have an autonomous driving partnership with and they have not PR'd it to the American um investor group yet, which I'm not sure what they're doing, but eventually they're gonna PR all those things and we're gonna see them double triple within days or weeks. Um, so LKCO is the first one, and then second, uh, my long term. I'm thinking okay, it's a new one. Um, it's gonna be this stock that I just talked to a guy about yesterday, NBSE. Um, it's a biotech that, so if this was okay, I'm just gonna like say beforehand if this was something that I've talked I'm trying to make this something that I haven't talked about before so that people can get some new information from this if this wasn't something that I talked about or that I hadn't talked about if this was something that I have tweeted about I would say VTGN AMCX UWMC or GOEV those are the four that I really think are great long-term holds that are slept on but since I'm not I'm going to bring something new um NBSE And what it is is it's called like New um, Balance or something like that along those lines. It's a biotech company that what they do is they specialize in this new sector of kind of gene replacement. So what they think is that um, instead of maybe coming up with something to target cancers or target um, ALS, Lou Gehrig's disease, instead of coming up with something that's going to target that and kill it, they think that we need to replace the genes that... um, have caused that so what they're going to do is they're going to inject you with something that's going to go and maybe um, replace the genes that could cause cancer replace the genes that have caused Lou Gehrig's disease that type of thing and I think that's probably something that could be absolutely massive in the future and if you want to look at their competitors you can look at Beam B-E-A-M and they have a massive market cap but NBSE has a like 200 million market cap and I think that um, it could be a big potential in the future. It could be a 5Xer within the next year. could be a 10Xer within the next three years. So it's just something to keep an eye on, something to uh, maybe add to your sleepers list. But it's exciting, I think.
1: Uh, two other ones that are like... I know you like MNDM, MindMed. That's that. only going to be... I mean, that's the future of medicine. Um, and Neo, that's like the... Chinese Tesla to me. Um, think about how many people are in China, and I there's uh, rumors of them expanding to the U.S. and stuff. So those two, to me, you got to think EV electric vehicles. A lot of, a lot of these EV companies aren't going to stick around, but there's going to be some of the front runners, and they're going to be huge. So
0: yeah, I think um, something to keep an eye on is you're a psychology major. I'm a psychology major, bro. We know what the fuck we're talking about with psychology, and um, mushrooms are going to be in psychology within the next two years or three years. Like,
1: 100%.
0: I think people really underestimate the... I have a book. I have a book that I can bring out one of these days and I can kind of read y'all some shit or I can make a YouTube video or tweet about it. But mushrooms, man, they have real potential for veterans coming back from war with PTSD. They have real potential for people who are clinically depressed. They have real potential with people who are dying from like a terminal um, diagnosis and... I think people are really underestimating mushrooms like all of our pharmaceuticals. I think part of it is pharmaceutical companies want mushrooms to not be passed because um, they want to make their money off of their pharmaceuticals. And these mushrooms are natural and they're going to co- probably cause something like a big percentage, 10 to 20 percent of antidepressants to not have to be used if you can go to a mushroom um, kind of like a a center where they're going to let you do mushrooms once every month or once every six months, depending on the the severity and you're going to do them or you're going to microdose them once every two weeks and you're not going to need your antidepressants. So these pharmaceutical companies don't want them to pass, but once these mushrooms do pass, then the pharmaceutical companies aren't going to have a say and um, people are going to realize that mushrooms (laughs) upside down dog mushrooms have an absolutely massive impact on mental health. um, People who, yeah, have come back from war, terminal, all that stuff I already said. Um, it's going to be big. That's all I got to say about that.
1: It's like it's like when weed first started to get real popular, like about legalization and stuff. It's like, oh, weed is a gateway drug. <clears throat> no, it's not. Yeah. Yeah, there's people that abuse weed and then go on to do other drugs. But I could talk about this for days. Like, mushrooms are helping cure depression, cure anxiety. When you're microdosing these mushrooms under supervision, it's helping... It's helping a lot of people more than it. it's not. If you do it responsibly, like we said, under if say you go to a retreat or a rehab center and they're microdosing you with these mushrooms and it's helping your, cure your depression, cure your anxiety, there's no reason that this shouldn't be legalized. Yeah. Um, it was the same thing with weed. People, I have strong opinions on this, but people want to go buy a pack of cigarettes for $10. Uh, what, is, what are cigarettes doing for you? They're expensive. It's suicide, essentially. Um,
0: Delayed suicide. Literally,
1: you're killing yourself. It doesn't smell great, like, or but no, let's not legalize weed, which has been found to not have harmful side effects um, and all these other things. But I yeah. could talk about this for I could talk about this for hours and hours. Um, but yeah, mushrooms of the future. Uh, and the, find all these stocks are cheap put mndm in a long-term portfolio and don't touch it for five years and see where it's at so
0: exactly bro like that's that's the thing is these these companies are at the bottom you're kind of like if you would have found Tilray or sndl um three years ago four years ago five years ago then that's what we're talking about mushrooms right now and um Yeah, mushrooms, people are going to realize that the war on drugs was made for certain reasons that I'm not going to get into right now, and it was made to kind of demonize these drugs um, when they didn't need to be demonized, and now we're kind of, I guess, writing that course and realizing hey, maybe these have some type of effect. Maybe the reason that these, these were used for thousands of years in ancient cultures was because they have something good in them. And um, yeah, when we can use that and they're FDA approved finally, then that's going to be absolutely massive. I think, dude, we might actually have an episode about where we talk about these futuristic type of things, uh, maybe sectors that we talk about. Um, mushrooms will be one of them, but um, we'll definitely talk about it more. So yeah. one thing I do wanna talk about is our music taste, man. We got almost polar opposite music tastes, but also very similar music tastes. Like you send me stuff, I'm like, this is sick, bro. And you send or I send you stuff and you say, dude, this is good, even though we both are completely in different genres. What music yeah. you like? What artists you like right now? Shoot.
1: Music I like <laughs> I'm I'm not picky about music. I'm pretty open about like I like a lot of different things. Um I like stuff that's melodic and and I'm not like a huge rap fan. I don't like hardcore rap. I like stuff that has a good beat, has good vocals. Um, I don't know. My top artists right now that I listen to a lot are like The Kid Leroy, Forever Friday, St. John. Some people you might not have heard of. Don Tolliver's really good. I think I sent you a song the other day and you liked it. Yeah. Um, I like some old school 80s stuff, but other than that, it's like it has to be melodic to me. I like a lot of like. Unknown people, um, so yeah, that's that's what I like. It has to sound good to me.
0: Yeah, no, I get that, man. I'm kind of, I'm kind of an older kind of grunge guy. '90s bands. Um, I grew up with my mom kind of preaching about '90s grunge bands, and then giving me CDs and giving me Spotify links and stuff when I was younger. So I talk. To her, a lot about grunge bands, but I think, um, yeah. I, if I had to pick some newer people that I like, I like Polo G. I like the kid Leroy. Um, we have a band they that you yeah. also know that I know that I don't think a lot of people know. If you don't know they, check them out.
1: Guarantee you, ninety nine percent of people listening to this have never heard of them.
0: They're like a they're like a rap and also kind of just like an R and B rock mix at the same exact time. But um, my all-time favorite bands, definitely um, Alice in Chains from the 90s. Um, I love myself some Pearl Jam, um, Led Zeppelin, you can't get wrong with that. I like some Metallica if I'm working out. Um, All that stuff is super good. I love anything 90s, like Blind Melon, anything like that. Any older folk watching, um, I got you guys with the the rap stuff, or the rock stuff, I mean. And... um, yeah, nineties, nineties bands are good. Alice in Chains, their live unplugged show was absolutely um off the wall, man. It was it was nuts. I think anyone who ever saw that live got blessed in their life. But um
1: What's your favorite yeah. favorite artist of all time?
0: Alice in Chains, bro. What's yours?
1: Chase Atlantic. I don't know if anyone's ever heard of them. It's uh dude. they're like an Australian R and B band dude.
0: They flow well. You showed me some of their songs, and they're just absolutely, like, groovy is the only way I can describe it. It's yeah. groovy, bro. It's just, like, you could, like, literally feel it. Like, it was it was good.
1: Yeah, it's, like, I haven't listened to a song by them that I don't like, but it's just, like, so melodic and, like, chill. Like, I like chill music. I get in a weird, like, depending on the season, like, summer, like, if I listen to, like, someone like Frank Ocean during the summer, it, like, brings me back to, like, years ago. Like, I remember, like, sitting on the beach listening to Frank Ocean's album. Like, it just... Weird stuff like that. Like, the fall, I'm, like, listening to Chase Atlantic all the time. I don't know. It's weird to me. It goes by season, but, yeah, it has to sound... Like, melodically, has to sound good. I'm just really not a big, like, hardcore rap fan. I don't know. I don't like country. I'm not talking shit on country, but it's just not for me. I don't know.
0: Yeah. I feel... I kind of share those opinions. Like, country and hardcore rap kind of come after what I like. I like R&B and soft rap rather than any of those, and then rock is my number one. Um, I would say if anyone wants a cool kind of indie band, I do get into indie stuff. Um, Shaky Graves is really good, but my number one would have to be Mount Joy. Mount Joy is super good. They have some kind of like soft um, indie stuff. It's really... It's kind of lyrical. I like lyrical stuff. I would have to say most of the time when I'm listening to music, I'm listening to the lyrics rather than you're kind of more um, melody or rhythm type of stuff. But I'm more lyrics, and I like to hear stuff that means something. Yeah. That's why I like Alice in Chains and Mount Joy.
1: Like I can appreciate rap. Like I know a lot of people are like rap for the lyricism and the the meaning behind the songs and stuff. But I don't know. I like like I said. I like something that sounds good, has a good beat good melody like a good hook and stuff like that don toliver i don't even know if you'd consider him rap i guess he's a rapper but he's so melodic and he sounds so different than everybody else Yeah, he's somebody i really really like um there's certain people like i like every song they put out um
0: there's some albums where they're just like there's not a skip on there like like i can listen to a j cole album like for your eyes only pretty damn good album and it's lyrical and it's pretty it's not hard rap but it's it's harder rap and um yeah yeah i think he's a lyrical genius him and kendrick kendrick have some really good lyrical um songs um kendrick's entire album i can't remember the name of it right now but really good but if you're a rapper country type of person like nothing against you it's just something that i'm not quite a fan of
1: no the the one thing i will say about country is some people are going to get mad but dude i swear every song's the same it's about beer a truck a dog a girl mowing my grass something yeah. like it there's what i, I need something different like yeah, i can something. give you
0: my best impression right now of a country song and i guarantee it sounds like something you've heard ready I was down in the honky tonk, I saw the blonde exactly. woman. I got my beer and we went home and then I regretted it the next day.
1: Exactly. Like That's
0: exactly what it's I'm
1: called. not talking I'm not talking shit but I need something a little different.
0: Yeah. Like country. Okay, if it's a summer night and it's like 75, and I can have my windows down, and I'm driving by the corn, because I'm in Iowa. Corn is everywhere. I'm driving by these cornfields. I can pump to some some country. I can turn on some... I don't even know. Um, I don't even have any artists in head. Is it country mind.
1: big out by you?
0: Yeah, there's a bunch yeah. of fans by me. But um, I can bop to it, but it's something that I will do about three times a year, and then I'm good for the rest of the year. Yeah,
1: no thank you. But hey, yeah. if you like country, I'm not hating
0: yeah, I love you if you like It's just team. not for
1: me. Like, same with rap. It's just not for me. But
0: Yeah, nothing against you. All yeah. right. UFC. We're moving on to UFC. There's no UFC this week. Um, next week, we've got Conor McGregor. So you're going to want to tune in. You're going to want to hear our uh, yeah, that's be a- Conor McGregor picks. But um, I think we're just going to talk about favorite fighters of all time. So who are your favorite fighters of all time?
1: Favorite fighters of all time might surprise you. Um, uh, Rory McDonald okay he's one of my favorite fighters of all time dude him and Robbie Lawler that's the best fight I've ever seen where they just Goal stand fight. in the middle of the ring they're all bloodied up and they're just staring at each other that was like
0: I got a story about that one if you want it quick yeah, yeah, um, yeah. so that was back when we were quite a bit younger I'm 22 I think that was when we were maybe like 15 or 14 um But that fight, me and my friends used to always go to Buffalo Wild Wings to watch UFC events. Mm -hmm. And my parents would give me a curfew when I went. That was the fight that I missed (coughs) due to my curfew, bro. That was the one fight. So, like, usually I could make all the fights. They'd let me make all the fights and stuff. And they'd say, okay, yeah, come home at, like, midnight or 1230, whenever the fights get over. But that was the fight that... The card went long and like twelve volt around and I had to be home by twelve and it was like eleven fifty, eleven fifty five, and I was like, Damn, dude, I gotta head home. And we missed that entire fight and it turned out to be the GOAT fight. Like that was the fight yeah. that everyone remembers as the best fight of all time.
1: Yeah, that it's so weird too because like when Rory Rory lost, it like started his like decline and then he left the UFC or whatever. But dude, I remember watching that, and I'm like this is the greatest thing I've ever seen, like, in my in my life. And I've probably watched it 10-plus times since then. Yeah. Um, you can watch it on YouTube or whatever. But, yeah, dude, that fight to me is just two guys just fucking slugging the whole time. Um, and there's blood everywhere. I know that's not for everybody, but, yeah, that to me is the greatest fight of all time I've ever seen.
0: Yeah. That's a nuts, nuts fight, bro. Um Yeah. My favorite fighters of all time. So, you'll be kind of surprised on this, I bet, too. So, my favorite fighter of all time has got to be Stephen Wonderboy Thompson. So, I I was a fan of him really, really big back in the day before his Tyrone Woodley fights. I was just going to say. He lost. He won that first one, but I will...
1: Both those fights, dude. Both those fights were...
0: Yeah, they were trash fights. Um... But, dude, he's he's a good guy. He's a good fighter. He's a damn good fighter that doesn't get enough recognition. Um, he should probably be getting a title shot, but people don't want to admit that he's beaten the shit out of a couple top ten opponents. Um, but regardless, he's one of my favorite fighters of all time. Um, I'm a huge fan of the up-and-comer Yuri Proka. Dude, so am I. He's dude, so good. I used to watch him in the Ryzen days, and... Then he came to the UFC, and I actually bet against him in my first in his first fight because I'm a huge fan. I've been a huge fan for like three or four years now. I thought he was going to lose to Volkan Olsdemir, and then he was going to go on this tear of beating everyone. Wrong. I was wrong. But um, yeah, I bet on him against Dominic Reyes. He's one of my favorite fighters just because the dude goes out there and absolutely just puts his life on the line. Like, he does not care. He... Yeah. It's all about martial arts, too. He's all about, like, I'm going to meditate during the day and then beat the living shit out of everyone I fight, and he does.
1: Yeah, he's he's crazy. You know who else I really, really liked, and then he got knocked out twice, is um Johnny Walker.
0: Yeah, he was, I watched, was, he was him fun fr- to watch.
1: Yeah, dude, and then, like, well, he got knocked out twice. should sure, have got knocked out his last fight and then ended up knocking the dude out, but... He's super exciting to watch. Um, he just has no chin. I used to be a big Cody Garbrandt fan.
0: Me too. I was a huge Cody Garbrandt fan.
1: <laughs> then he talked all that shit. Got knocked out by Dillashaw twice, but albeit Dillashaw and now was he's juicing. Kind of an
0: asshole, to be
1: honest. Yeah, I mean, dude, if you're gonna talk and talk and talk, you got to back it up. It's kind of like I talked about this with McGregor. Like I was the biggest McGregor fan, but it gets to a point. Like you're gonna keep talking, you got to do something. Like back it up, and then don't yeah. change the way you're. Like, you, you talk shit all the time, and then you fight Poirier, and you guys are best friends. But now you want to talk shit again? Like, yep. come on, dude. But I don't know. Yeah.
0: I was, I'm a big Ngannou fan, too. Um, I honestly didn't watch any of his fights until he fought um, Andrei Arlowski. Uh That was the first Ngannou fight I watched, but I've loved watching him since. He just knocks everybody out, and he's, he's real humble about it. He's a real good guy. Yeah. Um, but I do think he's not skilled enough to be a champion for that long. Like, people think he's going to be, like, the, the titan of the heavyweight where he just knocks everybody out for the next five years. But I think someone like Alexander Volkov, even Derek Lewis, man, could, could outlast him because Nenganu on the feet is extremely powerful, but that all, that's all he has going for him. He doesn't have much technique. And unless he, like, shores that up, he's probably going to get outpointed by someone like Volkov Cyril Ghan or Derek Lewis. Um, so I wasn't going to be able to just outpoint him.
1: Now, is Wonder Boy your favorite current fighter?
0: He's probably my favorite fighter of all time, but it's close between him. Um, who else? Let me look. I really, really like Nate and Nick Diaz. Um, I really like Matt Hughes as well. I really like... There's a lot. bro. I'm a big Derek
1: get... Lewis fan, dude. Derek he's
0: Lewis, he's just
1: so he's so funny, and he just like it's almost like he doesn't care, but then he just goes out and knocks somebody out.
0: Yeah, I'm dude, a big
1: he's, yeah. He's awesome. I'm a big uh, I'm a big Poirier and Moreno fan as well. I like yeah. Moreno since the Ultimate Fighter. People want to say, "Oh no, you like him because he's a champ." now. I used to. I, You've been
0: a fan. I know that.
1: Yeah, but both um, those guys are. I like to watch them fight.
0: I. Honestly, the, the, the UFC fighter I've probably been a fan of the longest is Anderson Silva. Um, this is weird. No one knows my real name, but he's actually – he. we have the same name. Um, really, really uncommon name, but we have the same name, and I used to be a fan of him because of that. And, uh, yeah, that was why I watched him – back in the day but like being an anderson silva fan is like known. like everyone's kind of an anderson silva fan everyone's kind of like oh anderson silva's a great fighter i love him so then i became a wonder boy fan just to kind of get away from that and wonder boy is probably the guy that i cheer for the hardest if he's fighting him and yuri um proka whatever i've been a fan of him since the whatever he fought like that 500 guy dada 500 or something like that he fought him twice and uh got knocked out the first one and then beat him the second that was when i started watching him but yeah those are my favorite fighters you want to get into the uh the question and answer segment
1: yeah let's get into it
0: okay so as always one serious and one fun one we're gonna do the fun one first we're gonna switch it up so the fun one is what country do you want to visit next
1: the country I want to visit next. Um, I don't know. I've seen pictures of like Norway, uh, Sweden. Um, I've seen like, I follow this Instagram page. It's like posts all these crazy cabins around the world. There was one in Norway and it just looked incredible. I actually have somebody I know that went to Norway for a wedding and they sent me back pictures and it was like the craziest thing I've ever seen um so probably norway it's it's funny because i've traveled almost everywhere around the u.s but i really haven't traveled out of the country that much yeah so somewhere like that would be really cool i think
0: yeah i've traveled quite a bit in the u.s too i have went to a lot of the the beaches a lot of the uh the mountain ranges but if i had to go somewhere out of country um I think I really want to go to New Zealand, bro. New Zealand is really cool. Um, yeah. And then also Thailand. Thailand is supposed to have some really beautiful mountains and some really, like, I guess you can do a lot. Like, you can stay. You can eat a lot of great food for way less of of a price, which I'd want to do. But the place that I've always wanted to go, those are the two that I'd want to go next to just, like, answer this question exactly. But the place that I've kind of always had my eyes on is Egypt, bro. I really, really want to go to Egypt to see those pyramids, ride a camel.
1: Dude, stuff like that. I was talking about this with someone the other day. Stuff like that and, like, uh, what's the place with the he- – I don't remember the name where the heads are carved out of the mountain. Um,
0: oh, Mount Rushmore?
1: Yeah, dude. When I was going to uh, – where was I going? Oh, I went to uh Utah and we stopped there, like we did a loop. And like seeing that is like you can't believe somebody did that back then. Let alone yeah. today, but back then when there wasn't technology like this and everything that would be at somebody's disposal, like the pyramids and stuff like that, like to think somebody did that, it just I can't wrap my head around.
0: So yeah, yeah the pyramids would
1: be dope.
0: You look at it and you're just like, like how? How do they exactly. do this? back in the time that they did it it's nuts
1: you almost can't believe it
0: Yeah. Um, and then our serious question um, has to do with stocks so we'll kind of get back into that but um, if you had to only use one indicator for the rest of your trading career what would you choose <clears throat> I know what I would choose so I'll go first um, I think I would choose Fibs I, I was going to say
1: the same thing yeah, dude, fibs. They Does that count? Leave... That counts, right?
0: Yeah, that counts. Yeah, they they show you support and resistance. You can just kind of trade in beneath them too. Like sometimes my swings are just from one fib to another fib on the daily chart. They give you exactly what you need.
1: It's such an advantage because we talked about this in the last episode, or this in earlier in this episode. It's something that other people aren't seeing that don't use it. Yeah. So exactly. you have a distinct advantage over people that aren't using it, and it works. The reason fib works is because so many people actually use it it like like we said it's a self fulfilling prophecy because other people are using it, not because it's actually there so yeah fib one hundred percent that's what I would use
0: I agree it just i can I can pull up a chart and depending on the time frame doesn't even matter the time frame I can have support and resistance for day trading if I look at a five or ten minute chart on trading view and I can also have a swing trading support and resistance based on the daily and the hour, two-hour fib yep. levels. And it just it, – it's it's perfect. It gives me exactly what I need to know. I need to know, all right, so start scaling in like 2% above this fib, scaling all the way into that fib, and then wait for that bounce if the catalyst is coming, and it's perfect. It just works like it's supposed to work yeah. at least 60 to 70% of the time.
1: Yeah, I encourage anybody that's never used it to try it. And just see that it actually does work. And yeah. once you see it does work, then try to implement that into your trading. But, yeah, that's what I would, I would totally use Fib for the rest of my life.
0: Yeah. Give it a few tries. Write it down in the journal. The journal's a big thing. Um, we haven't talked about that yet. Yeah. But, but journal, man, use it. Go get one at Staples. Go get one at Walmart. Use a journal. Write down exactly what you need to have. Um, write down your entries, your exits. Yeah, exactly, bro. Piles of journals. Um, write down exactly your entries, your exits, what you want out of a trade, what you did bad in a trade, everything. Um, yeah. Check them out at the end of the week. See what you wrote down. See what you're going to do better next week and um, capitalize on that. So yeah. Prioritize those things that you did bad to do good the next week. Um, Put them at the top of your list. Think about them every single day. And you're going to see your trading be better immediately that next week. And then over time, you're going to slowly get better and better and better and better and better. And, um, yeah, the journal effect. That's what I'm going to call it, the journal effect.
1: I probably have 10-plus notebooks journals of – I separate everything into a certain one um, to keep it clean and stuff. But, yeah, dude, it's – and that's not even – that's not even taking into account all the notes I have on my phone and everything. It's and documents on my on my computer. Exactly. It's it's very important that you write things down.
0: Yeah, just keep it in your mind. Make sure that it's it's in there by writing it down. Make sure you have it. Somewhere.
1: Sticky notes, everything.
0: Yeah, exactly. Sticky notes, bro. I put these on my computer every single week. I write down I write down, here are my watches, and then I pull this baby out bop on the on the on the computer every put your
1: uh put your trading rules down and put them and i used to keep them on my monitor like just so you can see them every day get a cork board and pin them on the cork board or whatever
0: exactly mine are at the beginning of my journal but if if yours are on a sticky note put it on a sticky note put it right there absolutely we're gonna see it every single morning put it on something put it on the top of your computer if you have a laptop flip it up um, you're gonna you're gonna see that every single day. Put it on if you have a monitor on two yep. monitors. Have it on each of them. Put it on your keyboard so that you gotta pick it off every morning. Anything so that you just remind yourself over and over and over.
1: Yeah, hundred uh, percent. You gotta get, you gotta start doing making good habits. Um, I posted a video today in Discord about uh, habits to get into and good trading habits. It's it's really hard to break a bad habit when you do it for so long. So yeah, you know, practice good habits while you can.
0: I think we'll do an episode on, on – I think we'll have two separate episodes. So we've, we've mentioned like four episodes this episode that we're going to do. Um, obviously, we're really excited. But I wanted to do an episode on discipline and the importance of it psychology-wise. So um, I said earlier how I could, I could talk about discipline over and over and over because discipline is the most important thing for my trading because if I follow a plan over and over and over and over, the strength of my belief in that plan – just just gr- climbs up, gradually climbs up over and over and over and over and over. So if I my trading rules work once, they work five times, they work 10 times, they work 50 times, they work 100 times, my confidence is going to go up and as my confidence goes up, my execution goes up yep. with discipline. Um, and then also just, we want to talk about habits we want to talk about like what do you do in the morning do you wake 30 minutes uh wake up 30 minutes before the market opens do you wake up two hours before the market opens what are you doing are you screening those pre-market movers are you screening um pre-market losers are you finding what has high volume all that kind of stuff which we can do a full episode on um But we do want to thank you for being here today. Uh, We want to thank you for coming to this episode. We want to thank you for sticking around to our fourth episode. The next episode, we're hoping to have a new guest on, someone who you guys will really be interested in hearing from, hearing about their life, hearing about the alcohol they drink, the tacos they eat, the food they prefer, um, the conspiracies they believe in, all that kind of stuff, which I think we might not have even talked about a conspiracy this episode, but we'll be back with a conspiracy next episode. Um but yeah thank you guys for being here um, I'm thick Teddy on Twitter this is ant
1: yeah thanks guys and like we we've been saying we're just gonna pr- keep improving um, audio audio has been improving um, I know I just ordered uh, another webcam and the the quality will improve and we'll get graphics up and everything so there might even be graphics up for this episode so just stick with us and uh, we're gonna smooth everything out for you so we appreciate you guys being here
0: yeah, exactly, man. We have a sponsor that's helping us out with graphics. We have a couple guys. We have a second sponsor who we're talking to. Um so we have people that that see the value in our podcast. We hope you guys do as well. Um yeah, stick with us. We'll have an overlay. We'll have our sponsors on. They're going to talk to you guys. We will have probably merch out in the future um via our sponsors who want to give us merch. So if you guys are interested um that'll be out soon enough we're going to keep trying to grow we're going to keep putting on spotify but uh we love all you guys and thank you for being here
1: yeah thanks guys